Dall'altra parte, Shunsuke Nakamura per il fantasista giapponese, una doppietta e un gol proprio alla Roberto Baggio. This goal was scored by Shunsuke Nakamura. Wait, wait, Nakamura of Celtic? Yes, man. When the fuck did he play in Italy? Maybe if you give me a second and let me finish. Ah, my, my bad, my bad, my bad. Go, All go, right. go. So, this goal was scored by Shansuke Nakamura for Regina against Brescia in a 4-4 thriller back in the 2003-2004 season. Okay, so hold on. He was with Regina in 2003 and 2004, but how long was he there for overall? He was there for three seasons between 2002 and 2005, scoring 11 goals in 81 matches. Oh, bro. wow, okay. Not bad. How did he even end up at Regina? He was scouted by their scouts, of course, during an international match in the Kirin Cup in 2002 between Japan and Honduras. Um, Regina wanted to sign a marquee player to help them survive in Serie A, and their chairman, Pasquale Forti at the time, is said to have called the Yokohama Marinos, who he, <laughs> he was playing with before, to inquire about a transfer while Regina players were still celebrating on the pitch. Oh like, that God. early on, he was that eager. Jesus, guys, they sounded pretty fucking... Desperate to sign him. Yes, uh, in fact, they were. They even gave away the 10 shirt that was taken by um, Francesco Cozza at the time. So they just stripped him of the 10 shirt and gave it to Nakamura. That would give him like high expectations as fuck for his debut season. Mm. And how did he fare after that? Was he any good for Regina? Bro, they loved him there. As you heard in the intro, there were many comparisons to Baggio. They even called him the, the Baggio of the Orient. Shut the and fuck up. It's interesting in that game, funnily enough, Baggio was playing for Brescia in the 4-4 thriller. Ah, of so course, of course. Nakamura to... out Baggio the Baggio. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Baggio missed a penalty that game. Maybe. Well, not the first penalty that was missed by Il Divin Codino, I'm sure. So, three seasons, 81 matches, 11 goals, number 10, Oriental, Baggio. It all sounds a bit like a fairy tale to me, but I know that Regina got relegated to Serie B in 2009, so he mustn't have played for the greatest Regina side, right? Um, no, in fact, he had four managers um, in his first two years at the club. Jesus. Walter Mazzari, hired in 2004, was his oh. fifth manager in charge. Oh my god, Mazzari is quite a tough cookie to crack. <laughs> How did... Shansuki perform under him. He did terribly, bro. <laughs> he, he was benched really often. Um, he only contributed to two goals in a season riddled with injuries. Granted, these two goals were scored in one victories that eventually did help them survive. Ah, beautiful. Okay, almost as beautiful as his free kicks for Celtic, I would say. There was that one against United in the Champions League. There was that one against Kilman Rock to win them the league in the last minute. And speaking of his time at Celtic, how did that move come to fruition? How did he join Celtic from Regina? It was time for him to move on, bro. He felt like his time in the top flight was being wasted. Um, he needed to go to a team that was more stable, that could okay. allow him to express himself further. Now, there were big teams that were after him. There was Lazio that were after him. Many teams wow. in Spain were after him. But he did move to Celtic in the end, despite, of course, the interest of everyone else. And uh, the rest is pretty much history, my brother. Hello and welcome back to Seria Spotlight episode 34 and boy do we miss our Japanese boy today. I miss him so much bro. That song makes me sad straight up. It's quite 
depressing. I, it I, is. I they miss him. They miss yeah. him. They're rubbish now. What they have is Minamino. <laughs> exactly. Minamino's with Celtic. No. Uh, Minamino. Is he with Celtic? He, no, well, he's a no, Liverpool, he's a, he's Liverpool, a Liverpool player. But, but you're uh, saying Japan. Yes, yes. Japan okay. I was talking about. Now we'll quickly find out to see if he's Japanese. Anyways, we're your hosts, Matt and Jake. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Our TikTok is actually blowing up somewhat at, it at is, the moment it it's going quite viral um, and by viral we mean a thousand followers which isn't that viral well, a thousand followers but have like 300k views on some of our videos which is yes. mayhem on the one of Baggio <laughs> <laughs> yeah the one of the one of Baggio Baggio um, yes but yeah you should follow us they will post some really cool stuff of course China being the legends they are they don't believe in copyright so we can post anything we want anything Woo! the fuck we want and if any of you guys you know, report us. I don't know. Can you also rate us five stars on Spotify? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's fine. No hard feelings. We just want. We just want love. So, so the prediction series, bro. Oh yeah. So I got another one back. I pulled another you one did, back on did. on Jake seven six. A tight affair. It went down to the Monday night game, bro. It did tight AF, bro. So Bologna Sampdoria on the TV. Us watching, me passed out, Arnaldo was scoring bangers <laughs> so in front of my Jake watched the first half where there were like a total of three attempts. <laughs> and then he, he said, I'm just going to have a power nap. I said, bro, you're not going to have a power nap at like 10 p.m. What is this? like, yeah, for halftime. He fell asleep for the entire second half. Bologna scored two there to Arnaldo, which goes, they hit the post twice as, as well. There was a lot of drama and Jake was asleep, missing the absolute spectacle that was Bologna Sampdoria. I woke up at 11, went upstairs, straight back to bed, like, fuck brushing my teeth, fuck washing my face, <laughs> and straight, straight to fucking bed, man, I was so tired. To be fair, I bailed on gym in the morning, so you're not the only one that slacked off a little yes, bit. Yes, sir. Boys keep grinding, the 9 to 5 comes to an end eventually, when we retire, then we'll have a good 10 years to enjoy our lives. Come on. Fucking right, fucking right. So, another week and another battle within that top three of Serie A, another shift in that in that race as well. But we had a lot of, you know, exciting encounters, a lot of tight fixtures. Yes. There was the likes of Sassuolo Atalanta, there was Napoli Fiorentina, there mm. was, I don't know. There were so many games, bro, honestly. Like, even the Venezia Odinese game was a spectacle, you know? Yeah, that there was were, hot. Um, even Bologna Sampdoria, I mean, stylistically, that's quite a, quite it a matchup it's in true. itself. There were many and even Inter even Verona. Affairs, even affairs. The only lopsided game there was was in Genoa Lazio. Exactly, even though some of us predicted a draw over there, right? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Blessing's been pretty good, but we'll, we'll get to that eventually. We will get to that eventually, and we'll also get to a couple of spectacular goals that we that we saw this week. Absolutely, bro. Some absolute screamers from the unlikeliest of teams. Yeah. Like, we saw Salernitana yeah. scoring a banger, you know, so quite a few amazing goals. This yeah, week. it was literally poetry in motion, this match day, man. For sure. So, let's kick it off. Let's do this. The first game this. we're going to be discussing, but once again, we're going for the chronological order with Inter playing first, as always, of course. Um, <laughs> Napoli second and Milan third. So, Inter beat Hellas Verona 2-0 at home. In the reverse fixture, Inter had also beaten Hellas Verona 3-1 away. 
Fun fact, Verona have never beaten Inter away from home in 31 Serie A games against Jesus them. Jesus Christ. I know, right? <laughs> Inter were coming off an impressive 1-0 victory at the hands of Juventus, ending their impressive run of 16 games undefeated, while Hellas Verona were coming off a 1-0 home victory to Genoa. Um, Verona came into this game with an unchanged lineup. Okay, so they're pretty much exactly the same coming into this one. While Inter had three changes in Devry, DeMarco, and Correa coming in, Devry coming back from injury, and D'Ambrosio, Bastoni, and Lautaro hitting the sidelines. Um, of course, Lautaro was yeah. suspended. Now, in the 22nd minute, Barella scored thanks to a lovely Perisic assist down the left hand side. Um, in the 30th minute, Zerko scored thanks to a lovely Perisic assist one more time. It Jesus. was a DeMarco corner kick so that was flicked on by Perisic to Zerko, who tapped it in from close range. Um, bro, Inter had 15 shots, 7 on target. Verona had 5 shots, 3 on target. Um, Verona actually had more possession than them, 51%. So it was a pretty even affair, of course, possession-wise at least. Uh, what do you make of this game? So, yeah, I think if you had to ask me who deserved to win this game, I'd definitely say that Inter did exactly what they had to do to win this yeah. game. It does seem like they've gotten a bit of confidence back as well. Even, you know, with starting Korea um, alongside Zeko, they still performed really well, missing Lautaro, even though some people it's say true. that Lautaro was somewhat part of the problem, which is not the case. Not the case um, at all. The link-up play that um, Lautaro brings about in his game yeah. is quite good, to be oh, honest facts, with you. Facts. The problem, um, he can be criticised for his... Um, his finishing the season. Finishing, exactly. His finishing, finishing the yes. season. Um, but, yeah, I think I think Inter got a deserved victory. It's never easy against Verona, but a 2-0 victory might make you think it's easy, and that was the art that was about Inter this game. For sure. It's safe to say that Inter are back in, in full yeah. flow. Like. Oh, for sure. The Barella is back in full flow. Brozovic... Skriniar as well. Yes. Skriniar has been one of the more consistent ones, but I really want to highlight how much Barella has improved and how much it means for Inter having Brozovic back in the team. Um, yeah. Perisic, I think we have to talk about Perisic a little bit here. Two assists for him. Um, he's the MVP for Inter this season. Oh, he is. Like, hands down, like he's their best player. And you he know is. they brought in Gossens, you know, and, and everyone was saying Gossens is definitely going to bench Perisic. Like that's mm-hmm. not the case it's at not all. Not the case. Not the case. And earlier this season, I'll, I'll put my hands up, I'll surrender. I said that Demarco was going to bench Perisic. Yeah, you did. Remember that? You did. Um, yeah. I was wrong. Perisic has really stepped up to the occasion. He's looking like that Perisic that won the treble with Bayern Munich. Exactly. He has a point to prove here. He is hungry this season. Yeah, and and I mean the the first goal. It was shocking how much space they gave Perisic when they know yeah. what he can do with that left foot. I mean, Farone was totally out of position, and I think that goes down to him that he allowed Perisic to whip in a ball like that. In the second goal, he was at the near post for that corner where he always is providing that yeah. flick on. There's a man like Zeko, man like Zeko in the <laughs> box. That's obviously going to put that into the back of the net. Um, but yeah, and on the other side, apart from Perisic, obviously there, there's Dumfries, who has been spectacular from January on. He has, man. he has. He's been so good since you deemed him. Yeah, the, ever since the I flop said, of the, yeah, the, the flop of the season for Inter, there was a lot of hype around him. I did have somewhat of a slow start, but he's been a fucking animal ever he since has, January has, has come has. about, man. And his work ethic has always been there, but now it's just like. He seems like he's more comfortable within the team as well. And before, you know, they were preferring Darmian over him because Darmian was better defensively. Dumfries is a beast defensively. It's true. He's doing what kind of 
okay, not not exactly what Hakimi offered going forward, but more defensively. He offers more defensively yep. than Freeze. Yep, for so sure. So overall, it's not like they're feeling Hakimi a, a whole lot on that right hand side. No, sure. they, they they lack some goals from the right back position, but I mean that was just a flex that, yes. that Hakimi had about him. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, let's talk about bro. Seven games to go, right? Mm-hmm. Milan and Napoli are choking. Yeah, right. Let's be real. Milan especially at the yeah, top. Milan especially not at a small step um, up, but yeah. You look at Inter's team and you look at Milan's team, the main difference that you can identify right now, you can mm. talk about quality all you want to as the better team and whatever. Yeah. But what you can what you can't deny is that Inter are a more experienced side. Oh, and Milan are a terribly inexperienced side. Yeah. And it's young. these these high pressure moments that make all the difference, bro. No, I agree. I agree. And having leaders in the team like Zeko and and Brozo and uh, Handanovic yeah. in the team as well, plus that injection of Conte juice they got last season, one hundred percent. And that must be in them, man. But they they know how to rise to the occasion. They've been in this situation last year. Okay, not exactly the situation because they they won the league somewhat in in advance, or they were at least with a with a healthy lead above Milan. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Inter Inter have that experience. Milan do not, and and this is kind of that time where Inter maybe start taking off, whilst Milan start choking. Yeah. It's a shame that the daddies of Milan are injured, you know, because Kier and Zlatan were meant to bring that no, stability. 100%. You know, I mean, there's still Giroud who offers that mentality, who's done it all, who has a World Cup to his name, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but unfortunately, it's just not working at all for Milan. But we'll no. get to Milan. Later on, don't worry, we have plenty of nagging and complaining to do. 100%. Um, No Barak, no party for Hellas, my friend. No, I mean, there's there's not a lot to add about Hellas Veron. I think, you know, they they missed a little bit of flair about them in this game because they were facing a much better Inter side, an Inter Mm -hmm. side that are riding off confidence, an Inter side that are rising to the occasion, and they were simply outdone by a better side. They were more clinical because they have the better players. Mm -hmm. Veron have Giovanni Simeone up front and not so clinical at times. <laughs> um, so yeah, I don't think there, there's a lot to talk about Hellas Verona here, apart from Montepo having five. another one of his, mm. his good performances, five saves brilliant, for him. Brilliant, he played really well, Yeah, to be honest with you. Um, one thing we need to address as well, Bologna's 3-0, no sorry, Inter's 3-0 appeal over Bologna yep. has been rejected. Fucking right. Okay, as so it should meaning be. that Inter need to play Bologna and what looks like a very tight schedule. Yeah, a very tight um, schedule, and Bologna are looking decent at the moment. They yeah. are. They are. They are. Oof. The past two games, I know. They, they've been they've been very. They've solid. woken up ever since he got sick. Let's yeah. be real. No, that's that's it. They have that kind of new new injection of okay, yeah. we're playing. For, for this reason, we want, we want to make him happy in the darkest moments of his life. Mm. And, you know, it's, it's sad to see that something terrible needs to happen to get Bologna up, up and going. But they're up and going and they're making the man proud. Yes, sir. So I think we can conclude this match over there, bro. Inter sure. are second, two points of Milan with the game in hand against Bologna, of course. While Verona are tenth, one point behind Sassuolo. Which is interesting considering the bet we made, bro. I said that Verona would finish ahead of Sassuolo and you said, of course, the contrary. That Sassuolo yeah. would. So, we'll put a kit on the line. We'll see. Well, had we put a kit on the line? Let's I do it. Right? I mean, okay. Of course, it. you're going to say that now. That no, Sassuolo I mean, you're probably going to win hot, the... Hot, hot. You're probably going to win the Immobile one anyway. So, we'll just yes. buy each other kits. It would be really cute and fun. Sure, sure, sure. Let's so, 
The next game we're gonna be covering is Napoli's slip-up at home against Fiorentina. Two goals to Fiorentina's three. The reverse fixture in Serie A was an away victory for Napoli, two goals to one. But do keep in mind that there was that Coppa Italia match where Napoli lost 5-2 at home to Fiorentina earlier this season. So Napoli had won their previous three Serie A matches against Fiorentina coming into this game. The last time Fiorentina had beaten Napoli was on the 18th of January 2020, thanks to goals from Vlaovic and Chiesa. Ah, the Juve boys. The Juve boys, indeed. Napoli were coming off a three-match winning streak, their latest being a 3-1 victory away to Atalanta, whereas Fiorentina were coming off a 1-0 victory at home to Empoli, as they extended their Serie A undefeated streak to five, three of which are victories. Napoli had Rahmani and Ozyman back from suspension. The midfield was formed by Zielinski, Lobotka and Ruiz. Zanoli still started ahead of the injured Di Lorenzo. Amrabat replaced the injured Torreira and Bonaventura and Odriozola were still injured as well, so their midfield was somewhat revamped. So in the 14th minute, a goal was disallowed by Ozyman, thanks to VAR, where basically he was flagged offside and it did end up being the, the totally correct call. It was disallowed by Ozyman. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. In the 29th minute, Nico Gonzalez scored. There was a cross that was headed away by Rahmani, but only as far as Nico Gonzalez, who chested the ball and volleyed it in off the post. It was a spectacular goal, one of the many spectacular goals in this match day. In the second half, in the 58th minute, Mertens put the ball to the back of the net. Ozyman charged forward on the counter and pulled the ball back to Mertens, who slotted it in from just outside the area. It was that classic Mertens finish where he's outside the box, he should really go for power, but he just places it into the bottom corner. In the 66th minute, Jonathan Icone made it 2-1, to Fiorentina 2-1, in fact. Um, Gonzalez played a long lateral ball to Icone who found himself in the area. He finished low and hard into the bottom corner through the legs of Zanoli. In the 72nd minute, Cabral knocked the ball around Lobotka and curled it past Ospina. Mamma che goal! He sent Lobotka to the absolute it fucking cleaners. Fantastic. Fantastic goal. And he was gassed, took his shirt yeah. off. And, and we, we said last episode that he's going to start scoring soon. And I love when this stuff happens. Hey, you know? hey. Like Britain one week, a week later, like, literally, it gives us a lot of credibility. <laughs> in the 84th, Victor Ozyman got one back thanks to an assist by Mario Rui. It was a long ball to Ozyman from the Spaniard, who jostled Igor off the ball before finishing into the top corner. So, 3 2 victory for Fiorentina, more importantly, defeat for Lazio as they slip up in that title race. But, uh, Napoli. What did I say? Lazio. Oh, my bad. Napoli. Um, but let's talk a bit about Fiorentina. So, Gonzalez has been ridiculous recently. Yes. Well, over the past two games, at least, he's really found his form. I think since the beginning of 2022, he's really stepped it up, to be honest with you. He's looked quite good coming in from um, from Germany. I forgot which team he came yeah, in Yeah, I from. think it was Germany. But the Bundesliga, definitely. Um, but yes, he, he has looked good. He looked a bit streaky when it came to his temper. Yeah, exactly. He you had know, a bit of an attitude. He had a bit of an attitude, him. exactly. But now he seems past that. He's working hard. He's contributing a lot to, to goals, to be honest. He's scoring and setting them up as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the new boys are settling in. Cabral scored, you know. Icona, Icona scored. Or scored. Icon, Icon, the latest, <laughs> the latest <laughs> Apple product. We will, <laughs> we will not be calling him Icon on this podcast. Icon, we, Icon. We, we simply will. <laughs> 
it was a good goal by by Icone as well. Um, Cabral's goal was just phenomenal. Gas. Phenomenal. It was fucking amazing. Like you could tell, he channeled all his rage and frustration into that play. Like Lobotka collapsed after he knocked that ball around him. He literally just fell to the ground. There's nothing he could have done about it. And the finish, bro. He it still is. had so much work to do after that. Going at that pace as well. Yeah. Defender sliding in and he manages to like, curl it around. There the is no chance that shirt is staying on. No, no, no way. Let it all out, brother. Um, moving on a little bit to Napoli. Mertens will forever be a player who can score and he will forever be a Napoli legend. Yes. So I think that behind Maradona, it might be fucking Mertens in Naples, man. Probably their all-time highest top scorer, right? Mm-hmm. The only thing he's missing is a major title. Exactly. You know, Maradona, Maradona has, has that. Them. So Maradona will remain ahead, of course. Um, Mertens But yes Dries is definitely Loved in Naples In fact He has the nickname Chiro Which is a common Napolitan name No And he actually mm. Named his kid Chiro Oh he did He yeah, did that's, so that's, that's cute as fuck It's fantastic man. You know just I love that shit it, He's yeah. just Lubing up the fans For when he leaves At the end yeah. of the season He wants that statue <laughs> he, he deserves one He deserves one He does is this life size though? Would you get a 5'3 statue? 5'3, relax. He's not in shape yet. Like 5'6, I would say. <laughs> At least we don't get to see any more of his fucking weird TikToks with his wife, man. It's being inappropriately, oddly sexy. Like, <laughs> is this the usual Napoli bottle job? However, bro. They slip up towards the end. Like, seems, unfortunately, we see this. Seems, seems like it, man. They seem to be lacking something mentality-wise. Now, I don't know if it's a... I don't know what's what's wrong with it, to be honest. Do you have any theories before I maybe Not, pull one I out of my ass? <laughs> I, I don't think they're bottling anything, to be honest. I think that they faced a Fiorentina side who rose to the occasion as fuck. I think if you see Napoli playing a home game and you see Napoli 2 and you don't see the rest of it, you say, ah, it's a Napoli 2-0, it's a Napoli 2-1. At but most, it's a 2-2. But Fiorentina rose to the occasion. We made this point in a discussion mm-hmm. we're having on the day where we said Fiorentina's system doesn't require Vlaovic per se. It obviously helps to have Vlaovic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but it favours the forwards. They are a high-scoring team. And they proved it against against sure, one of the best sure, sides in the league. Definitely, bro. But um, you look at the teams above you. You're Napoli, right? You look at the teams above you and you see them dropping points, right? Mm-hmm. You see Milan, nil nil Torino, nil nil Bologna. You know all these fucking dropped points after each other. You need to adapt. You know you need to fucking take advantage of the situation. I know. You know, I know. seven games to go. It is a bottle job, bro. If you know, th- this was a good opportunity to close the gap and get back into it. So, uh, at the end of the day, they but did, would they did say, bottle this match week for sure, this match day. No, I think they lost, but I don't think it's a sign of things to come. I don't know about that, bro. I think it might be quite telling, to be honest with you. No, I mean, they, if you look at, they, if you look they at they Milan and Inter... They lost 3-2 to Fiorentina. I know, Fiorentina I know. were monsters in this game. Like Milan and Inter in their last five games have three wins and two draws. Napoli have three wins and two losses And that might be the difference You know what I mean? The mentality Like Milan and Inter don't lose nowadays But they, they lost, bro Against Milan and Fiorentina Yes They beat the other teams Sure You know what I mean? These are two tough matches that they had to play These are the ones where you look at them and go Alright, Napoli are going to need to win the other games If they're going to think about winning the league It's yeah. the big ones that they need to worry about Napoli are there, bro. This isn't worrying at all for, for Napoli. I know in an ideal world for Napoli fans, they would have won this game or they would have 
at least gotten a point from it. But they were outdone. They were outclassed. They were out, not outclassed. They were outperformed. There was yes. more grinta from fear. There was there was more desire, weirdly enough. Yeah, but but they had that disallowed goal as well. It's not like they they performed terribly. It's not like they're struggling for goals or or, or they're shit defensively. But they, yeah. they they simply played a really good team, man. Yeah, that's fair enough. Like, but at the end of the day, you know, these are the moments that you need to grab by the nuts, and they didn't. Well, fucking fair we're, enough. You know, we're gonna fair have enough. to we're gonna have to disagree. It's fine, man. No, it's okay. It's okay. I'm just incredibly pissed off that you don't agree with me. <laughs> <laughs> But Fiorentina have now surpassed Atalanta in the table. Yes, bro. they have, bro. How crazy is that, honestly? Serie A not shy of entertaining every single part of the league. Shall we throw in John Mayer's free falling over here for Atalanta? <laughs> I'm out. I'm out. You're out. <laughs> Fine, too much. Out. Too much work. Too much editing. For sure. For sure. So, anyways, I think I think that's that's pretty much it. Napoli are going to need to. You know, step it up a little bit. They're going to need to over overcome this, get their confidence back. They currently find themselves in third. They're three points off of Milan and they're level with Inter. Inter, obviously, with that game in hand with Bologna. Uh, Fiorentina are seventh, two points above Atalanta, two points behind Lazio, and Fiorentina have a game in hand against Udinese. So we could potentially see them slipping into fifth soon. That's Fourth, oh. <laughs> sixth, sixth soon. Yes. Um, excuse Matthew, he's had a long day. I have had a very long day. And so, we're drinking. <laughs> what are we drinking? What are we drinking? We are drinking Chablis today. Yes, sir. Yes, we, yes are. we are. Torino nil, Milan nil. The reverse fixture was a 1 nil victory to Milan at home. And the game before that was actually a 7 nil away thrashing for Milan over Torino absolute scenes crazy scenes in that game of course coming into this game Milan had won each of their last four Serie A games against Torino by an aggregate score of 11 nil a victory here would have equaled Milan's record for consecutive wins versus Torino which was held in 1950 to 1952 1952 Milan lost 5 players on the afternoon of the match it was crazy you know I'm just I'm just, you know, waiting, you know, watching football, just enjoying my day. And then all of a sudden I get a... Watching TikToks, like... Exactly, I get a WhatsApp. <laughs> I open it up and it's like, unbelievable, five hours to go and we've just lost five players. I'm like, <laughs> what? I look at the squad update, no problem. I look at the squad update and I see that Revenge, Benasser, Castillo, Zlatan and Romagnoli were all out. Now, my God. Castillo was out with muscle fatigue. Yes. He hasn't played. <laughs> You know, Grotto, he must be training hard. He's carrying he always, that, he all that weight between his legs, I'm afraid. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yes, that is an urban myth. Now, Milan made two changes, of course. Ben Nasser out, Kessie in, Messias out, Salamakers in. And, of course, their extremely depleted bench. Torino, on the other hand, made four changes, seeing Itzo, Bongiorno, Mandragora and Piaka out in the place of Zima, Rodriguez, Pobega and Brecalo. Now, Milan were coming into this game of an ill draw to Bologna. Milan are unbeaten in 10 matches with five clean sheets in a row, six including the Coppa Italia game against Inter. A very impressive defense, bro. A very impressive backline. That whole, you know, Mani Antomori Kalulu, fantastic. Yeah, it's, fantastic, it's, it's the fantastic. best in the league without a shadow of a doubt. Uh, and you could see that over the past five matches, I mean. Five clean sheets in a row, and six including the Coppa. It's, it's absolutely nuts. Torino, of course, were coming into this game of a 1-0 away victory to Salernitana. Oh, wow. Now, the play-by-play, bro, there's not really much to 
to cover. Not an exciting. A whole game, lot man. of we're gonna get you, we're gonna get you, <laughs> and they don't like you know, just a whole lot of that, man, for the whole game. It what was? What do you make of this game, bro? What did you make? It of was, it? bro. Milan not getting results at the moment. It has nothing to do with the opponents. It has nothing to do with the opponents. Milan literally repeated last week's performance. Mm-hmm. The same problem that was evident in last week's performance against Bologna. It was the same this time round. And I don't That's expect true. it to be any different against Genoa. There's a clear problem. We've addressed it before. There's Salem Akers, There's Brahim. These guys need to step up. They need to be better. Yes. Leao, little bit streaky. Giroud. Back towards goal, playing it to these guys, and then these guys are just inventing, seeing yeah. what the fuck they yeah. can come up with. That's I mean, the problem with me. The entire back, the, the entire offensive line behind Giroud was fucking rubbish this game. I'm Facts. starting from Leao all the way to Salamakers, like Brahim, of course, included. Now, the game, this, the way this game played out was long balls were being played over the top to Giroud. This seems to be Milan's favorite system. Long balls to Giroud. He knocks it down, some intricate play, mm-hmm. and hopefully you can play someone through to get a finish. God forbid uh, there's a striker under 6'3 playing exactly. for Milan. <laughs> so Bremer was on Giroud, and he was absolutely fantastic. He's a fucking He was incredible. He, he, he seemed guy. to win every aerial duel. Like, can we drop Botman and just get <laughs> Bremer? You know what I mean? He's a we, fucking We don't monster, need any of them, bro. There's Kalulu. All right? Facts. Come on. No. Um, of course, the few times Giroud did win the aerial duels, he knocked it down to you know Brahim Diaz, who couldn't do enough. He knocked it down to Salamakers, who couldn't do enough. Leao has been extremely frustrating the past month, to be honest yeah. with you. And yeah. I'm, I'm starting to wonder, you know, ninety million. Yeah, if an offer comes in, you know, we'll these see. streaky players. It's it's the attitude problem that I see, man. Now, you know, people were when Leao exploded. People were saying, oh, where are all the critics that called him lazy? Just because he's playing well for a short period of time doesn't mean that he's doing his utmost in the game. He's been the star man apart from Tomori and Manyan and Tonali and another bunch of, of stars. But for the entire season, he's been great. But now is the time where Milan need Leao the most. Yes, this is where they can't need their walking. star man to, to step up and not walk and, you know, not, not shrug his shoulders, but just be lazy in occasions yeah. where he should be giving it that extra And in push. moments he goes for those dribbles when he doesn't need to and, you know, he loses the ball and he just kind of like walks back, you know, that's mm. so frustrating to watch and I understand the talent he has and I do appreciate the talent that Milan have on their team that they scouted at such a young age and brought yeah. in, you know. Yeah. But it is frustrating and fucking sue me. It's frustrating as shit. I get no, frustrated. It's very, it's very frustrating. And, and like he's not a player I'd buy the kit of, you know what I mean? No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't buy a Leo kit. I get you. I, I, I get you. I wouldn't totally agree, but, but I get you. What's yeah. the shit about him not wanting to renew or something? That is not... Uh, Getting ahead of ourselves. That is that is fucking probably fake news. Like I, okay. I wouldn't even I don't even think it's worth a mention, okay. personally so far. Okay. Now, bro, there's this theory that mm-hmm. when the going gets tough, <laughs> Milan do not get going, right? Mm-hmm. So last season, for example, there was that Cagliari game, the penultimate oh game of the season, where yep. Milan needed a victory mm-hmm. to confirm Champions League qualification. And to avoid letting it go into the game against Atalanta. Exactly. You know? Or Juve. Atalanta. It was Atalanta. The Juve was before and Milan won 3-0. Ah, yes. Exactly. Exactly. So, in the Cagliari game, 
Milan had to win, they came nil-nil. It had to go to Atalanta, granted, it was done. Whew, thankfully, Milan got Champions League. Two Cassie goals. Yes. Now, this time, the same thing is happening, but maybe a step higher up. You know, Milan can win the league all of a sudden, and then they start bottling mm-hmm. it. What do you think? Is, is that, is it I mean, a mentality problem, when, bro? When you, look at, when you look at progression, maybe this is exactly what had to happen. So, under Gattuso, Milan were fighting for fourth, and they slipped up, and they got fifth. And then with Pioli, Milan were fighting for fourth, and they got it. Mm-hmm. They were even fighting for the league at a point. Yes. Now Milan fighting for the league. They're slipping up and, and they'll hopefully end up somewhere within that top four. This is a gradual progression we're seeing with the Milan mm-hmm. team. Now, that progression should have technically been halted. It should have been halted when Donnarumma left and should have been halted when Chalanoglu left. Mm-hmm. Donnarumma was replaced, all right, and we're all very happy. We, we've forgotten about, about the Scarecrow already. Um, Chalanoglu has not been replaced. He hasn't. He hasn't been replaced at, at all. all. At no. all. And his substitute just w- was expected to randomly rise to the occasion. Exactly. With, with Daniel Maldini as his, as his backup. Exactly. Salem Akers wasn't replaced. Although he's, yeah. he's still in the side. He, he's one of the weaker options. And they brought in Junior Messias mm-hmm. instead. So we're seeing Milan, although there are problems, we're still seeing Milan progress. And they're still now fighting for the league when they mm-hmm. technically shouldn't be. Yes, but that's, that's is, the main point. Is what we're seeing Milan slipping up big time and is their top four in question? Okay, so I I highly doubt that top four is in question. Touch wood, spit in my hand, clap, you know, all, all the superstitions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yes, uh, but... What you mentioned is a very important point, bro. That Milan, Milan's objective coming into the season was top four. The fact that Milan were in first and are still fighting for the league with seven games to go is a sign of overachieving. You know, yeah, I mean, no one impressive. was talking about the league or originally. Look Everyone at was us talking with the about loser talk already. It's loser talk. Yes, it's loser talk. All right, but. At the end of the day, rewind to the beginning of the season, everyone talking about, ooh, these seven managers, purely is the worst out of these seven managers. Milan won't get Champions League this season, they'd be lucky to make Europa League. Mm. Mourinho, Sarri, Spalletti, Allegri, Inzaghi, all these guys, you know, Gasperini. In reality, that's not the case at all. Milan is still there, they're still dangerous, and they're doing it on a budget, and they're doing it while fixing the financial disaster that the Chinese left. 100%. I I can't complain about how far the team has come when you look at the past eight seasons. I look at this team and I'm fucking incredibly proud. The league isn't even, shouldn't even be the priority to see. Would it be nice? Bro, if Milan win the league, it would be something that should go down as historic. I think it might be the greatest league title in Milan's history. Right? 100%. Considering the way things have 100%. gone this season. I would really, really, I pray to God, I pray to God that Milan can bounce back and that just mm-hmm. Inter would have one more slip up. And I would love for fucking Milan to win the league, man. I'd it love us be. to be there against Atalanta, where it's almost confirmed. And oh my God, man. Oh my god, it would be yeah, tasty. It would, it would be great. Um, yes, of course, bro. Let's let's move on here. Torino, they had a point to prove, right? Yeah, they, had, they did. 
they had a few players over here, man, that had a personal, a personal side story, you know, a personal oh, kind of, of thing. Them, man. So we had, for example, Bremer, who has been linked to Milan before, has been linked to Inter. You know, mm. in these games, he has a point to prove. Always, he did the same thing against Inter. He was gargantuan against. Yeah, um, <laughs> Pobega, of course, Pobega's a Milan loanee. Wanted to prove a point to them. Mm. Might wanted to stick it to him. Yep. So they keep him next year, maybe to avoid him sticking it to them again. <laughs> and Bellotti basically screaming, "Buy me, buy me!" the Please. entire game. <laughs> He's been doing it for the past four years. And then eventually, fucking Pellegri coming on Pellegri. and playing the game of his life. Pellegri made me almost shit at a point. He, got, <laughs> he, he threatened, so he was running at Tomori. Like he was Romagnoli. Or, <laughs> he turned or some he shit. turned Tomori into Romagnoli. Oh at my point, god! How he turned him inside out. That I was like, it's fucking happening. This is yeah. this is just it's something. Allegri, that's good. This is course. that Spezia game or some fucking shit like the that. The only game he started for Milan, he fucking got injured and had to be subbed out. Yeah, yeah anyway. not the best, not the best spell for him. Yeah, at all, not the best at all. But yes, bro, I don't know if there's anything else you want to mention about this game. Um, I mean, no, I think over the past few episodes, I think we, we've been going crazy with all the Milan talk. So we'll try yeah. to keep this one a bit a bit shorter than usual. For sure, for sure. So let's say that Milan are first two points ahead of Inter, who have a game in hand against Bologna. Of we course, mentioned we for the fifth fucking time this episode and every other episode. Torino are 11th, six points behind Hellas Verona. So we move on to the battle for top four. Still there, actually. Cagliari won, Juve 2. The reverse fixture was another victory for Juve where they beat Cagliari 2-0 at home. So Juve have won 10 of their last 11 meetings against Cagliari. And Juve were coming off their first loss in 16 matches after they slipped up at home against Inter. Cagliari have extended their losing streak to 5, scoring 2 goals in the process while conceding 13. They're also coming off a 5-1 away loss at the merciless hands of Udinese. Juve shifted from a 4-2-3-1 to a flat 4-4-2. Sandro, Locatelli, Morata were all out for this game. Locatelli was actually injured. Uh, Pellegri, Artur and Zakaria were brought in to replace them. For Cagliari, Goldaniga was replaced by Carboni, Grassi suspended and replaced by Marin, Licogianis came on for Zappa and Pavoletti came in for Pereiro. So in the 10th minute, a big scare for Juve as João Pedro converted. So Marin took the ball off Dybala on the halfway line and carried it forward into Juve's box. He fainted a pass to the right-hand side and he played the ball to João Pedro in the middle of the box instead. Pedro received the ball and curled it into the far post. In the 24th minute, there was a VAR check for Juve as Pellegrini scored against his former side, but the ball deflected off the arm of Rabiot and was therefore not a goal. In the 46th minute, De Ligt scored after a Quadrado assist, so Quadrado made his way into the box from the flank and crossed the ball to De Ligt, who was totally unmarked. The Dutchman scored a lovely header and was moving backwards throughout this, which is obviously very impressive. In the 75th minute, Vlaovic scored thanks to a Dybala through ball, which got the Serbian in front of the goal and he toe-poked it past Cranio. So it was a big scare initially for Juve as they conceded early through João Pedro, but they showed great maturity and they adapted to this game and subsequently they got the win. They did, bro. They really did. Juve have been so mature, man, since, since the start of 2022. 
you know. Yeah. Um, an upward trajectory once slip up against Inter, of course, but otherwise, very good, very good. Yeah, which I don't think they would have bottled that game because they played against Inter and they lost against Inter. But would you think that they bottled that game? Um, yes, they did because they were charging for that was a title charge for them if they wanted their I hopes guess. at the time. Now, granted, yeah. the way things have turned out, they're still actually technically in the running, you know, because mm. there's no team that's just running away with it. Everyone's slipping up and the league looks wide open, you know, it's there for the that's taking. The, anyone can take it, you know. Well, Juve are now four points behind Napoli and they're six points behind Milan. Do you think they'll leapfrog anymore or do you think fourth is as good as it gets? No, um, I think they could totally, totally do something crazy over here, man. Mm. You know, you look at Milan and Napoli will lose more games. I'm not sure about Inter, man. I'm hoping that... Well, I'm hoping. Let's try to be a bit neutral here. Perhaps during the the tight schedule with that Bologna game in the middle, you know, they might lose a few points there. Yeah. Um, But overall, I I do think that um, Inter are the the sturdiest team of the lot right now and probably they'll they'll go on to win it. Perhaps Juve can can push for for second, you know. Yeah, I think so. Milan drop down to third maybe, (laughs) Napoli to fourth, you know. Mm. That could happen definitely. We're we're talking as though Milan are dropping three points, but Milan haven't lost they haven't lost in ages. True. Um Milan's undefeated for around ten to eleven matches. Yeah. I I believe. So that's quite quite impressive. In 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 inverted commas, that's quite (laughs) impressive for Milan. Um, in this game, Juve had 15 shots, 7 on target, to Cagliari's 3. You, sorry, Jesus. Juve had 60% ball position as well. So, yeah, the, a, a dominating performance after, after that early scare as well. For sure, they outshot them, they outpossessed them. It was pretty much, you know, um, business as usual for Juve, apart from the João Pedro scare at the beginning. Yeah, they had to adapt. They're normally the team that goes ahead in the beginning mm-hmm. and then they hang on to it. But like we said, they adapted mm-hmm. well and they overcame that. It was interesting, you know, it's always interesting seeing Dalbert playing down the middle. It is, it is very interesting. <laughs> That's the brain of Walter Mazzari. First you ruin Nakamura. <laughs> exactly. Now you ruin Dalbert, dude. Come on. <laughs> Could have been a legend in Italy, man. Yeah. <laughs> Could have been exactly like Baggio. But yeah. someone that should have Baggio level praise at Juve <laughs> is fucking quadrado though man He's because I, I don't know how long we can do this for I don't know how long we can have a podcast where we can just come on every game for Juve and still be talking about Juan Quadrado had we started this podcast two seasons ago three seasons ago it'd be the same thing every week yeah. quadrado 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 whether he's being utilised as a right back fantastic right mm-hmm. midfield even better Right wing, super. We've seen him in a back three, in a three-five-two as well. When it came down to it, okay, I, I don't think I've ever noticed him playing in a three at the back. But yes, uh, the whole point is how versatile he is. Um, what a fantastic player he is. What a fantastic professional he is. And despite his, you know, thirty-four, thirty-five years of age, um, again thirty-three. I always, I always age <laughs> for some reason. I always make him because he's been around for so he long, has, man. He has. Fiorentina, Odinese, Chelsea, Juve True So yes, he's 33 years old But he runs up and down that flank Like a 26-year-old, you know Literally. He's as technical as ever He's as brave as ever He plays with the fearlessness of a youth player and Exactly that's, that's what's fun about Quadrado man. Exactly He doesn't pick up as many injuries, man That's true, that's true He's hardly ever out injured Yeah 
Um, Cagliari, and then on the other hand, they still haven't managed to shake Venezia off just yet, and they're looking just as bad, to be honest. There was a time where we thought Cagliari were kind of gonna shoot up, or we're saying it's, it's inevitable that Cagliari were gonna do this, there's no way they're getting relegated, yeah. but they're looking bad, and... The teams under them, well, the team under them, which is Genoa, are looking better than them, man, at the moment. And I think Cagliari might fucking be in trouble. Yes, man, you, you're definitely right. They had the opportunity to really leapfrog, not leapfrog, to widen the gap mm-hmm. from Venezia. Because Venezia have they been haven't won in ages. Yeah, they've been woeful. Um, in reality, they haven't quite been ticking. You know, João Pedro had that dry streak, that dry spell. Um, Marin hasn't really been as effective as he normally is. We've seen, for example, Pereira blow up for two games and then yeah. completely disappear again. Exactly, you know? exactly. Keita Balde, no Keita Balde went to Afcon and never came back. Basically, <laughs> you know, <laughs> pretty much. Like, where is the Keita Balde we saw at the beginning of the no, season? I have no idea, man. I have no idea. He had that wonder goal, like that one, like yeah. bicycle kick or whatever the fuck he did, and he just <laughs> vanished off the face of the earth, man. Yeah. But power to Cagliari. Hopefully for them they can pull something off. I'm not too hopeful about it. But Cagliari are now 17th, three points ahead of Genoa, whilst Juve are in fourth and they're four points behind Napoli and six behind Milan. Hey, bro. What? Peep the last game of the season, bro. Last game of the season. Yeah, I mean, the last game which? of the season for for Cagliari. Look at this. Oh no! No way! Yes, sir. No way! On the twenty second May, Venezia Cagliari. Oh, the my last game of the God. season. Now that, my friend. Hopefully, that will fucking decide some shit, we, man. We need to go to Venice. We're gonna be. We're, fuck, we're gonna be in Italy the week before. That's fucking annoying. We're gonna be in Milan the week before. Yeah, that sucks. Whatever. Well, it doesn't suck that we're gonna be in Milan, of course. It's. Well, no, it's good overall. I don't want to be a pessimist. <laughs> <laughs> what is this, bro? It's good that we're gonna be in Italy, but it sucks. It, that it we don't sucks get that we don't get to watch Venezia. Yes, but you know what, dude? We might go, alright? We'll make it a low I budget fucking might. Because I like. would love to go watch a relegation dogfight, man. Same man, same and in Venice. In man. Venice, oh my Jesus god, Christ. oh my god. I mean, let, let's actually look it up and see yes, if it's possible. Like, will, get all the logistical and stuff. But that's gonna be juicy, bro. That's gonna be a memorable one, especially if they both Venice, just keep yeah. losing. Till then. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yes. The next game we're gonna be talking about is Roma two Salernitana one. The reverse fixture was a four nil away victory for Roma. Five wins out of the last six against Salernitana for Roma with one loss. They have never drawn in Serie A. Roma were coming off a 1-0 away victory to Sampdoria and Roma are now unbeaten in 11 matches. Salernitana were coming off, of course, a 1-0 home loss to Torino, as we mentioned earlier, and haven't won a game in 11 matches. <laughs> Roma, as well, I think we should, we should mention this, bro. Yeah, let's failed talk about to it. beat Bodo Glimt three times this season on three well, separate occasions. I, I, I don't get what it is about Bodo. I think I know what it is for the last one at least. It was the cold, bro. It was freezing. Ooh. It was below zero, you know, everyone oh was God, fucking okay. shaking. I think maybe Rome aren't used to those conditions. Um, the one that's bizarre to me though is the the one where they conceded like five, yeah, one something or crazy, some six like goals that. or something. It was nuts. Yeah. But anyway, um, we're here to talk about Serie A! <laughs> 
So Roma, Kumbula came on for Mancini for this one, El Sharawi came on for Zalewski, Afenajan came on for Pellegrini who was suspended. Yep. Salernitana with a multitude of changes, and Fazio was out due to suspension, Zorteo was out, Verdi and Bonazzoli out too, replaced by Ranieri, Obi, Bohinen and Ribéry. Bohinen Rhapsody. <laughs> Ribéry played really well. And the twin we always say that I say Ribery's like, oh, Ribery played this. He played well. Ribery, guys. This, this Ribery guy is really good. <laughs> He's 16 years old coming through the ranks. Like, he likes 16 year olds. Oh, oh, fuck. fuck. That's on, the bro. second dig on this podcast. <laughs> that is, that is the second. One day we ever get them on. <laughs> <laughs> that would be brilliant. In the 22nd minute, it happened, man. It fucking happened. Salernitana had a free kick. A lovely layoff by Ribéry, beautiful layoff, an incredible, incredible layoff. By this young guy, man. Fantastic <laughs> player, seven in his hair. <laughs> laid the ball off for the free kick to Radovanovic, who just spanked it through the wall and into the top corner. It was a fantastic goal. You can see him running straight to the curva, you know, Questa My Martina, <laughs> all that stuff. It was that. that is what Teo's last minute free kick should have been. Should have been like against, against Torino, Torino no. definitely. Facts. Yeah, Facts. too bad. Um, in the 36th minute and in the 42nd minute, there were VAR checks for Roma to see, you know, penalty checks essentially, yeah. but they were, no, they were all in vain. In yeah. the 82nd minute, Carlos Perez got one back for Roma. He had Mama time and mia. space from a distance. He set the ball up on his left and curled it past Sepe. It was once again poetry in motion, right? Fantastic Two fantastic goal goals in this game so far. Super. And in the 85th minute, not one person managed to clear Veritu's cross from a free kick as it fell to Smalling, who tapped the ball in on the half volley. And it was the Englishman who found the winner. Yep. A game of glorious goals and pure drama, my friend, leads us to a Carl's Perez conversation. Thoughts? So I was hyped about Carl Perez because I believe he scored in the first match of the season or, or, or in one of the first matches of the mm-hmm. season. So much so that I, I took him and, and Zaniolo on Fanta so that when Zaniolo's injured, I can play <laughs> Carl Perez and, and vice versa. How'd that go for you, bro? Carl Perez wasn't playing, and I can tell you for a fact because I, I, I watch Roma quite a bit as well. Carl Perez didn't really get much time. He was also injured as well this season, but a young guy coming from Spain, he looks very good. He, he has does. never looked like a bad player to me. He has never for looked sure. like a bad player. It's these Barcelona players, these Real Madrid players, man. There, there's some weird flair about them. They, oh, like, man. You know, they're, they're, they're it is, it is. Well. Spanish footballers, they're, they're so technical. They mm-hmm. have this ball control about them. And it is their passing, their dribbling, and their ball control. Those are the three things that, in my opinion, define a, a good Spanish and footballer. And their intelligence in general. You know, I mean, granted, like we see, we look at, for example, Carlos Perez and Brahim Diaz. Maybe they were a bit on the selfish side because they were immature. But their mm-hmm. ball knowledge is pretty, pretty yes, good. Yes, you can yes, see it yes. in their game. Their positional awareness, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Brahim maybe not as much lately in the final third especially. But Carlos Perez mm-hmm. definitely looks very mature. Brahim plays a lot with his head down. Yeah. Which isn't ideal. No, <laughs> not at all. But anyway, Roma are unbeaten in eleven matches. Crazy train, choo choo, motherfucker. Am I right? <laughs> it is crazy. It is crazy because obviously we had been, you know, we watch a lot of Serie. A, we watch a lot of Roma, and we never really enjoyed watching Roma because they do it the Mourinho way. Yeah. And it's but it wasn't only the Mourinho way. To be honest with you, it was. Well, okay, that could be called the, the Mourinho way. It, could, say, it would be called the Mourinho yeah. way, I, I Boring, I negative, quite yeah. frankly. But they know how to utilize easy. their weapons. You can never take that away from a Mourinho yeah. side, and, and especially the Roma side. They 
As mm. we mentioned last week, they have improved though. They're playing a lot more attractive football nowadays. Yeah. yeah. They are like holding the ball a little bit more. They're playing the ball around a bit a bit nicer as well. Um yeah. it helps as well when when their their team is fully fit here. They were missing Pellegrini and, and you wouldn't have realized like okay, they, they they kept it late. But they were good throughout the game, man. They were good throughout the game. I was surprised that they didn't get a goal earlier. Uh, but it was definitely a good fight that was that was put up by the opposition. Yeah. Oliveira played a really good game compared to the one he played the week before. Oh, he was sure. horrible last week, but this game he, he played well. He was back to his to his usual self, of course. But a pretty a pretty mature display by Roma overall, um, showing you know their their determination and their belief to to get yeah. the result despite Salernitana being quite the tough cookie to crack in this game. After their fucking free goal early on, <laughs> literally, literally, mm-hmm. yeah, Salernitana have a habit of of stunning, mm-hmm. but th- this is a similar situation to the Juve game that we were talking about before. Juve Cagliari. This is literally a, a different version of of that game. Roma held in. They had to. They had to adapt. They they did keep it very late, but they were trying. Man, they had a total of fucking seventeen shots. That seven of those on target, so Seppe yeah. was very fucking busy. In fact, he pulled off a number of a number of saves himself. I believe it was around um, five saves yeah, that that, five that saves. he made throughout the game. So Roma stayed busy, and and they managed to get it done at the end. And you could never like like we always say, you could never say a team didn't deserve it when they won that fashion with yeah. ten minutes to go. They have that grinta and they get success. For sure, bro. Um, we can use this time now to say our weekly bye-bye to Salernitana. Bye, guys. See you guys. Like, not that upset, if I'm being honest. To be honest with you, I, I am a little bit... Um, yes, yes. I, I always find myself growing attached to the worst team in the league. <laughs> I, I grew attached to Venezia. I grew attached to last year to Crotone, man. Yeah, I was a bit attached. Can I tell you, like with Simi, I really liked Ben Ali and I was upset that he was injured and I never really got to see him properly. Where is you Ben know? Ali? Ben Ali's ba- with Crotone and Serie Oh right my god, going down to Serie A. Going okay. down potentially to Serie My god, that's mm. a free fall. But I don't think any of us have anything to say about Salernitana. Right, I don't think we'll have any standout points with <laughs> we'd like to mention. I mean, what I'd like to do is towards the end of the season, we can talk about which players would like to stay in the league, you know. Um, exactly. I don't want to do that every week, though. That'll get a bit monotonous for you. Guys. Exactly, exactly. So we'll save it for, for a brighter day. Yes. So Roma are fifth, two points ahead of Lazio and five points behind Juve. So they're creeping. They're creeping. Salernitana are where they've always been with 16 points, 11 from survival. Not bad, man. Not bad. <laughs> the next game we're going to be covering is Genoa 1, Lazio 4. The reverse fixture was a similar victory for Lazio where they actually won 3-1 at home. But Jake put 1-1. But Jake put 1-1. I put 3-1. I was very close. So Lazio have won 5 of their last 6 games against Genoa. And they're actually unbeaten in their last 6. And since 2019, they only have a better record against Cagliari and Fiorentina. Whoa. So... Come on, bro. One, one. See you sleep. They have a better. That, that's impressive that they that Lazio are the anti Fiorentina. Mm. I mean, we always discuss this. For some reason, teams have their fucking bogey teams. They do. That's and this must mean that Lazio are Fiorentina. And I bogey. feel like it's a random sequence of patterns that becomes psychological. <laughs> no, that that's definitely a lot yeah. of them. Are, and no wonder the Italians are so superstitious, man. Yeah. It's because of football, of course. It's because of culture that they are. <laughs> 
So last year we're coming off at Well, actually, one. it's because of the Romans. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off, you know what I mean? <laughs> last year we're coming off a 2 1 home victory to Sassuolo. Um, they have bounced back very well since the derby humiliation, needless to say. Genoa coming off their first loss under Blessin, a 1 0 away loss to Verona. Yeah. Lazio had no changes made to their starting 11. Consistency is key. Yes, sir. Genoa did have a couple of changes made to their side, so that Ostegaard back from suspension, Vasquez returned to the left-back position, Galdames came on, Amiri came on, Melagoni started on the wing again, and Piccoli came on as well. Friendrup was out, Sturaro was suspended and therefore out, um, Gugminson was out, and Destro was out. Is it Gugminson? It's Goodminson. Goodminson. What the fuck is there? Gugminson written. That's That's a typo. (laughs) That's a typo. And it's my fault. (laughs) Classic. In the 31st minute, Marisic scored one of the many wonder goals of of this match day, where he carried the ball forward all by himself. Bravo. Uh, From the left-back position, he out-muscled Portanova. Good for him. And he cut in and slotted past Sirigu. He looked like Theo Hernandez here. He did look like Theo Hernandez. <laughs> in the 46th minute, Immobile scored um, thanks to Lazzari. So Lazzari cut in past Vasquez and pulled it back to Immobile and he slotted it into the bottom corner. This was kind of similar to that Mertens goal. Yeah. In the 63rd, Immobile scored his second of the night thanks to Luis Alberto assist. It was a lovely long ball by the Spaniard to Immobile who knocked the ball off Sirigu and headed the ball in. So he knocked the ball off Sirigu, the ball flew into the air and he headed it in because I wasn't sure on how to word this. <laughs> in the 68th minute, just five minutes later, Patrick scored an own goal. Sorry, SpongeBob. <laughs> Amiri did super work on the byline and squared the ball into the box, but Lazio's defender Patrick got there first and he knocked the ball in off the fucking crossbar, dude. Like, yeah. I love an own goal that goes in off the crossbar. <laughs> and like that, they get one back. Genoa get one back. In the 76th minute, Immobile sealed his hat-trick, so Pedro took the ball off Ostegaard and it landed to Immobile, who skipped past Galdames and slotted in from a tight angle. I'm guessing what a the, the episode cover has to be Immobile, right? I think it has to be, yeah. yeah. It, it depends. He got drip. Yeah, <laughs> it depends if he got drip, baby. <laughs> out here googling Immobile yeah. fashion, everyone's going, wow, the, the posts are so nice. <laughs> Little do they know that I'm going to look for a Nakamura like Adidas vintage <laughs> like early 2000s. Probably has some mad ones, yeah, bro. Probably has some cool. fucking cool anime shit as well. <laughs> so Lazio totally overpowered Blessing. A 4-1 victory. I have to say, I think this is the first time we saw Blessing get it totally wrong. For sure, for sure. Completely outclassed by Lazio. The approach was totally wrong. You know, you could see it in the game. They were really struggling and he failed to adapt to it, to be honest with you. Yeah, and, and you guys could tell us that we're being harsh, but Genoa literally like held in there and shit. So they... they, 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 they they they've normally got the do tools. adapt. They, yeah. They've got the tools for it, but it just turned out totally wrong. But I think, again, Lazio, when they're on, they fucking tend to overpower you, man. You have all those guys running at you. You have yeah. the mind of Luis Alberto, the body and the technique of Milinkovic Savic. You have someone gluing it together. Yeah. Now that one's debatable on, on, on how good he is. Um, but we saw, for example, um, he tried to, to rescue the result by taking out Portanova and bringing on Ekuban. But that was kind of counterproductive because they just conceded again, right? After. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You I know, mean, there's only on. so much you can do as the yeah. game is going on. And then they... 
Yeah, then he brought on Crescito, who for me is just a walking penalty taker. Oh, right he now. Is, he's he's he not is. that good during the game. 100%. And, they brought and, and yet he's probably their, their highest scoring defender. Pro- and no, midfielder. Sure. Probably, <laughs> probably, he's probably, probably one of the highest scoring players, it's true. This season, because sure. he scored so many penalties early on. I think okay. maybe five, six. I think it was some, five. I think it was like five. That, yeah. Now, can we please shut the fuck up? Just <laughs> shut the fuck up and talk about Immobile. Because let me tell you, man. Let me tell you what happened five days ago. Five days ago, Immobile's future with Italy is being reconsidered. And you would look at his performances for Italy and you'd say, okay, maybe harsh, maybe he should be on the bench Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or rotated. You know what I mean? But what the fuck? The the discrepancy, and we always speak about it, but I just want to highlight because it's nuts. The discrepancy in performances he has for Lazio and for Italy mm-hmm. are worlds apart, man. Like, playing North Macedonia is a fucking easier game than playing Genoa. Course, I can guarantee you, Genoa would sure. kick North Macedonia's asses. Let me tell you, dude. Um, again, again, I hate I hate saying this because it makes me sound like I think I'm fucking Sigmund Freud or some shit. But it's it's totally psychological, bro. Well, like, when, when like immobile... Sigmund Freud or some shit? When... <laughs> When Immobile puts on that Italy kit, he's stressed. When it when Immobile puts on that Lazio kit, he's fired up. You know, yep. he knows he has thousands of fucking men believing in him, a whole city behind his back. Like, and when he wears the Italy kit, he has a whole country doubting him. Yeah, that's the difference. That's the fucking difference. And there is also okay. Granted, there's a difference in the system as well. You know, mm-hmm. Mancini's system is very different. Sarri's system. Sarri's system feeds the striker. Now, granted, he's been doing it before, Sarri. Mm-hmm. But Sarri's system led to the say all time highest goal scorer. Exactly. And, and I would. I would fucking think Mo- that most having, goals in a single season. Yeah. I would think that having Immobile alongside Insignia, for example. And like Berardi or Chiesa yeah. would only help the guy get more goals, especially with Insigne. He puts the ball on a silver platter for strikers and for a, a somewhat not as much tall, anymore. Not as much anymore, but but come on, we're, we're talking about like the past two years as well, mm-hmm. where Immobile has started past yeah. three, four, five, six years <laughs> with with Italy. I mean, and even now, you know, you can't criticize mm-hmm. Insigne for his goal contributions. I mean, maybe not his goals from open play, but his goal contributions, his assists have always been, yeah. have always been crazy. And you'd think that would suit a striker like Immobile, who's somewhat tall, kind of quick, get into yeah. these areas properly, and Sinia can play the ball into that pocket and, and, and he can convert it. So, weird to see that he wouldn't perform well for Italy. Like but, you said, it has to be psychological. Yeah, it, it does. Plus, not to mention, he's kind of used as a scapegoat, let's be real here. Because oh, yes, because yes, yes, Italy yes. don't play well in general. Like, I saw I saw an entire video about how much Jorginho fucked up, and I was yeah. seeing like Immobile was actually working into pockets of space mm-hmm. that Jorginho wasn't was leaving and, open, and, and exactly, he was, and he was playing it safe. Jorginho was, has been out of it lately, even with Chelsea. He's yeah, not, he's not been playing at his he's, usual level. He, yeah, I think ever since he missed that first penalty, bro, I think ah. it's like a bad juju curse Could on be, him. Could like, be, man. He I looks, think it affected him. Physically, he doesn't look as up for it anymore. He can't no, really he, keep he up, man, with play it, sometimes. It, he, he looks a bit like a smoker, man. <laughs> he looks a bit like a smoker. He looks like me playing a five. <laughs> like you in a like, five aside. Exactly. He's trying to be he's, overly intelligent. He's thin, but he's exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty he's much. not been running. Like. Pretty much not been running. Inclined treadmill. <laughs> <laughs> and, okay, so Immobile is like the goat when it comes yes. to Italian strikers in Italy yes. and then for the national team, maybe not so much. Yet again, 
Lazari shows Sarri that he can play the position and play it well. And this time we even saw Marisic get a goal. I'm not yeah. saying he's suddenly really good because he got a goal, but he got a goal. Fullbacks are important to Sarri's system and they're adapting and they're proving that they can actually put in a shift there, even though Marisic, I feel, is... No, he needs replacing. Yeah, Marisic yeah, needs replacing. Yeah. And, and, you know, let's not forget that Lazzari has also had some shockers this season yeah. and, and they could be a little sure. bit form-ridden at the moment. But it'll be interesting to see. I'm going to keep a very close eye on Lazio throughout the summer market because yes. I'm really interested to see what they're going to do about the back four and the defensive midfielder position as yes, well. Yes, and I heard, I heard, I saw an article that they, they might cash in on, on Milinkovic Savage and use it like as a, as a cash grab to splash out on other positions to suit Sarri's system. If he leaves, please. I, I really hope he stays in Italy, man. I I would not be mad if he joined Milan at all. I know there was one summer where Milan were being linked for around 50 mil. Uh, but that's 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 not going to happen. Um, and, and please, if you're going to spend 50 million, please, for the love of fucking God, spend them elsewhere, man. Because yeah. <laughs> there are some other positions to be addressed. Yes, for sure. Um, but like you said, yep, they, they sorry system really relies, not relies, but the it, utilizes. Left, it utilizes the left back and right back yeah. position very well. In fact, Marsic scored and Lazzari assisted. Lazzari has po- grabbed some goals and Marsic has grabbed some assists before this as well. Um, let's talk Genoa. I think Genoa slipped up twice, okay, but I think Genoa are one of the teams where I can actually take the stance of they have time, and I think they'll get the points. Look, Venezia and Cagliari, who are above them, look like they can't win a game. Exactly. I think Genoa, Genoa get one can. fucking... Can. Just like a draw or a win, man. Yeah. Just they were on a really a good draw. draw. Of course, they were like six, seven draws in a row, and then a fucking win, and now two losses in a row. The question is, can they bounce back? And I feel like with this manager, with this personality they have with them, they can, man. Can we check? Do Genoa and Cagliari still need to play each other? That would be fucking nuts. They do, bro. Sunday. Sunday, 24th April. Oh my God, this month, dog. This month, yes. That's fucking Sunday week. Yes. Oh. That's oh, a good one. That's a good that's, one. Oh, bro. I know what I'm that's doing Sunday re- night. Relegation. Fuck your Easter fucking pa- <laughs> bullshit. I am sitting on my ass 30 minutes before the game and 30 minutes after the game watching the entire experience of that. Fucking right. I'll be by your side. it. Cool. Okay. So I think we can conclude this game yeah. in particular. Uh, Lazio sixth, they're two points behind Roma. The derby loss is really hurting them now. Mm-hmm. Genoa in 18th, three behind Cagliari still. Yeah. I can't believe that it took us this long to get to the next game. It just seems that right now there are games of higher importance than this one. But this was a spectacle and shouldn't be downplayed by any means. My favorite game, man. Yeah. My favorite game. Sassuolo 2. Atalanta 1. Wow. The reverse fixture was Atalanta 2, Sassuolo 1. So, like, the Mm-mm-mm. perfect revenge. Penalties. <laughs> yes. Coming into this game, Atalanta were unbeaten against the Neroverdi in 15 consecutive games. This Jeez. was their longest unbeaten run against a team in the top flight. <laughs> yeah, I love these. There are so many storylines, bro. So many storylines. Lore. Now, <laughs> Sassuolo were coming off a 2-1 loss to Lazio and Atalanta were coming off a 3-1 home loss to Napoli. Atalanta have only won three Serie A matches this season. <laughs> this season, since 2022, of course. Yeah. Um, Atalanta played a 3-4-2-1 instead of um, their 3-4-1-2 formation. Yeah, they, they do sometimes that sometimes. Deploy, they add a lot of spice. Out, listen to this. Listen to this Gasperini chaos-like. Mm. Out. 
Musso, Palomino, Jim City, Zapacosta, Froiler, Darun, Coop, Miners, Malinowski, and Muriel. Right? Consistency is key. <laughs> In Sportiello, Toloi, Demiral, Pezzella, Pasalic, Pessina, Maranchuk, Boga, and Zapata. God, 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 ple- God bless their options. God, God bless, bless them. Their they have options. good depth, but like. Sometimes you need consistency, like we, as we've seen, you know. For sure, this is this is. Even though over the Atalanta top. have always been a team of thirty people with perfect chemistry that just know how to play a system perfect. Well, That's always been the their thing. This is over the top. Though. That is. <laughs> he changed the one, keeper two, too three, much. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine changes to your starting eleven. You Bello. played a different team. Bello, relax. Like, yeah. what are you trying <laughs> to prove? Like, we know. Meanwhile, Sassuolo, who are a little bit more mindful. Um, they <laughs> brought in Kirikas instead of Ferrari. Weird. Maxim Lopez came in instead of Fratesi. Berardi came back instead of Defret. Yeah, Berardi back from injury, baby. Now in the 24th minute, by the way, this wasn't. This wasn't Sassuolo Atalanta. This was the Hamad Traore show. <laughs> okay, that, that's what we're watching here. <laughs> it's really. And it started in the 24th minute when a deadly counter attack by Sassuolo after Atalanta had 10 men forward, basically. <laughs> so, 24th <laughs> minute. The 24th 10 minute men forward, like. Berardi played it wide to Kiriakopoulos, who carried the ball forward and crossed to Traore, who chested and volleyed it in off the crossbar. Just what a, what a finish. I, one of my favorite type of goals has to be. Chest volley, man. Che- yeah. This is chest volley and off the crossbar. Like, that is juicy. Honestly, juicy, yeah. It ain't my fault that I'm... My God, it ain't my fault that I'm out here getting loose. <laughs> In the 26th minute, Traore hit the post, thanks to a deflected shot. Mm-hmm. Kierkegaard hit the post with a header. That would have shut me up. <laughs> and, and <laughs> And in the 61st minute, once again, Traore skips past Demiral outside the area and slots the ball low into the near post. Jesus Christ. Like some, I'm telling you, this guy looks like a, kind of like a Walmart layout. You know what I mean? Like, like <laughs> I a le- layout from Walmart, Wish. Right layout now. from Wish. You know? like, uh, right now, layout is, is Traore from, from Wish. Maybe, maybe it's a layout from a more efficient website, a new reliable oh website. Yeah, you're right. You're right right now. Defrel hit the post in the 82nd minute and in the 93rd minute Muriel got one back. A long ball by Malinowski was not dealt with by Ruan and Muriel picked it up and finished past Consili. Um, this goal yes, was sir. confirmed by VAR. Now, yes, sir. Traore has become the top scoring midfielder in the big five leagues, born in the 2000s category, of course. What do you think, bro, about him? No, I think, I think Traore is a fantastic talent. I don't think that he's that kind of player that we need to worry about his work ethic or his consistency or anything of the sort. I think this new level that he's in, I think that's, I think he's found himself. It's similar to that like Tonali thing that I say, like, like I used to say, oh, Tonali's looking confident, but Tonali's a confident player. And I think Traor is a confident player. I think, uh, and I think he has the perfect attitude. He seems really humble as well, man. And he seems fucking gifted as shit as well. And he's a player who has been grinding in this league for a while. You know, he we saw him been, at man. Empoli, you know, grinding it out as well. A full season playing with Caputo back then. You know, he's there were a quite a few. guy still. Yeah, he is. Um, he has seven goals this season. My God, man. Six out of his seven goals have come in 2022. So Bam. talk about form. So basically... That means that Sassuolo, so far, Boga to leave has cost them seven goals. Getting you're right, seven goals. You're right, you're right, you're right. So they He's have been benefited. Perfectly. He's, they've really benefited with they that have. move so far. Let's put it that way. They have. 
Woo, woo, woo. It's the Sosuolo fire sale, baby. <laughs> Apparently, they are willing to listen to offers for Scamacca, Traore, Berardi, everyone. Their entire front line, basically. My God. I, I think I saw Raspadori as well. I think I even yeah. saw somewhere that Fratesi. Yeah, Fratesi as well has been linked well. to, to Winter. How interesting, man. How interesting. Yeah. I mean, Sassuolo, like, like we discussed, if they have an opportunity to cash in, I think they're the kind of team that would really benefit from cashing yeah. in. I don't think they sell a lot of merch, <laughs> judging by their fan base. I don't yeah. think they sell a lot of tickets either. I don't think they're a high-profiting team and they're in this area and they need to yes. cope. So I think if they flip these players and get the next... They'll just continue things, exactly buying exactly. young and flipping buying boom, young boom, and hoping boom, boom, to grow boom. in the process. Like. Exactly. Good luck to them. Yes. Good l- I hope They've been doing them, it well so far. I hope Berardi comes to me and I would yeah. thank them very much for that. Yeah. Atalanta have only registered 13 points since January out of a possible 36, bro. Um, shall we? Are they out of Europe, man? Europa League? Well, what's going on? I wouldn't count them out of Europa League, but they're 1,000 billion jillion percent <laughs> out of Champions League. And they don't yeah. deserve Champions League this year. I mean, after the it's true, shambolic performances that the, the shambolic results rather that they yeah. that they're showing us but they are what 11 points behind you bro even Europa League's looking hard for them a lot of people need to slip up like a lot of like Fiorentina Lazio Roma need to slip up and like that's and they're not three powerhouses man they are man right now especially they they are all better Fiorentina than are gas I mean there are barely any games left you know Fiorentina are inspired right now who do you think they're going to be inspired against nah, these last fucking seven it. games that's, that's it man that's it but anyway But do you think that Gasperini can be criticised for that reason? I mean, 13 points out of a possible 36 Do you start looking at the manager in that case? Um, considering the work Gasperini has done I think it's too late Do you think To criticise him, especially considering his main striker was out You sold their best player mm-hmm. And they have had an injury crisis Mm-hmm Wow, like and, yeah. and they're still in the Europa League, by the way. They drew to to like Le- oh to Leipzig, Leipzig, Leipzig. Yeah, yeah. Um, good for them. We'll be tuning in for that one tomorrow, yeah. I believe. Um, but yeah, I, I was going to make a point about Gasperini. Uh, I agree with you one hundred percent that what he's done with the team and and he's built that foundation. I think they could rely on him for an upcoming project, and I think the new owners would actually like to do that. I think but, so. Yes, I forgot about the new owners. They can give him a yeah, higher sa- yeah. They they said they love the way sorry, that budget. the club is being run, yeah. and they're going to provide financially while the club is being run, basically. Wow. And I think they they trust Gasperini as well. For if sure. They, for if sure. they've watched Atalanta I mean, over the past few years, if you buy a company and that's the employee the standout employee that you have you give exactly. him a shot you know what exactly. I mean like you're not gonna let him go unless you have exactly. Ted Lasso waiting over <laughs> there on the other side I just hope that obviously um, it never comes to a point where for that reason Gasparini outstays his welcome mm-hmm. I would hate to see Atalanta dip in that case and Gasparini stays on but I think the he's the type of manager that has deserved basically oh, like, yeah, like he, Wenger he you know has, Wenger outstayed his he welcome he has yeah but, but and the Arsenal Suffered, pay, somewhat but, paid the price because it turns yeah. out they were doing better in, in Wenger's later stages than they then were with the new guys way, on board like like with Good what Evening yeah, Good Evening <laughs> who star, by the way by shout the way, out fucking sh- massive shout out to Unai Emery we Hello, have a question Unai. about him we don't need to mention him for okay. now actually coming with our boy Steve okay. thank you Steve no um, but, but yeah I just hope it never gets, gets yeah. to that basically Sassuolo are ninth, one point ahead of Hellas and five points behind Atalanta, while Atalanta are eighth, two points behind 
Fiorentina. I wrote, I wrote Fio, and it turned into Gio, like short for Giorgio. And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, or Atalanta behind Giorgio. Who the fuck's Giorgio? So for the next game, guys, we had to adjust this so that this would be my game because Jake fell asleep during this game. Bologna two, Sampdoria nil. I really enjoyed this game. Yeah, I, I indulged mean, it. I wish I could have as well. The reverse fixture was Sampdoria 1, Bologna 2. So that's Bologna getting the better of Sampdoria twice. I think that gives you a good idea of how Sampdoria's season has been. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is the 100 Serie A meeting between these sides. 39 wins for Bologna, 31 for Samp and 30 draws. What a fucking game. Like, could toxic-turvy? Mm-hmm. These sides have a history of facing each other and getting the better of each other. But so 100 one, games in the top flight is surprisingly low for a team, for two teams with their pedigree. Oh, but Bologna, you know what I mean? I know, they, but Well, even some, it's though, they've, them, been in, they've both had their star yeah. kind of periods, but, but they've both suffered as well as clubs. Yeah. Um, Bologna were coming off a nil-nil draw away to Milan, but they might as well have considered that a victory. A victory, yes. Um, Sampdoria coming off a 1-0 home loss to Roma, and they'll take that for exactly what it is. Bologna made no changes, so Soriano and Orsolini were once again benched. Sampdoria also made no changes, which meant Qualiarella out of the team once again. So in the first half, it really wasn't that exciting, but... I we, watched the whole thing. <laughs> we fell asleep <laughs> for an hour after it. <laughs> in the 61st minute, Arnautovic opened the scoring after a Dykes assist. Dykes managed to play the ball across brilliantly after a long ball by Hickey, and Arnautovic tapped in to the back of the empty net, basically. In the 70th minute, Arnautovic hit the post in spectacular fashion, um, hit the crossbar actually, so the ball, he received the ball with his back towards goal, he turned and shot within a fucking split second, man, and just slapped the crossbar. It was, I, I screamed like, oh my fuck. You don't go fuck, I'm asleep, like, exactly. no, no respect. In the Bro, seven- there is no worse feeling. Then a player scoring and going crazy, scoring two goals, him celebrating on the TV. You look at your fantasy football and he's on your bench. Yeah. <laughs> That's the worst feeling in the world, man. It Honestly. is the worst feeling in the world. But thankfully, I, I consistently make the right decisions on nice, Fanta. Man. Good for you, man. That, you that's why I'm much. ahead of you. Oh, come on, bro. I'm <laughs> fucking close to you now. I'll nick it, it from you. Sounds like the prediction series. Hey, hey. <laughs> Show me respect. You're talking to the champion of last season, brother. You're right, okay? you're right. Let's keep going. All right. In the 72nd minute, Sansone, it was his turn to whack the crossbar. So he was played clean through with no one around him. It was literally just him and the goalkeeper. And it could be one of those cases where maybe the player had too much time to think about it. He went for power and he did manage to get it past the goalkeeper, but it smacked the crossbar and everyone was a little bit frustrated. In the 76th minute, Arnautovic, though, got his second, as Dykes got his second assist of the match as well. It was a long ball by Dykes that deflected off Yoshida and fell to Arnautovic, who set himself up nicely. He kind of dragged the ball back and sent the defender and the goalkeeper the wrong way, and he slotted into the back of the net, a really experienced uh, finish in that situation, to be so patient, to be so calm, when there's all that chaos, tops, tops to Arnautovic. So that is... Arnautovic on 11 goals in his debut season. Yeah. What do you think? I originally at the start of the season, Bologna tweeted, how many goals is Arnie going to get? If you and said I, tweeted, I tweeted 14. <sighs> so I'm close. Like, and I asked them, today I asked them for a free kit if it's, if it's oh spot on, God. but they haven't replied. They haven't replied. But Bologna I'm sure if I engaging. spam, they might, because they, they follow me. Like, 
I, I think they follow me. Yeah, as they, well. they do well, these things like um, engaging us. We're well. feeling no, generous. We're following, but they liked my shit. Ah, nice. They're cool. They're really cool. They're mm-hmm. the guy who runs their Twitter is a fucking genius. He's a yeah, I, I appreciate him, and a lot of the Italian teams should learn from him, mm-hmm. from from them rather. Them, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure the team. Yeah, it could be a her as well. Who knows? Yeah. Um, or they. So, <laughs> Um, so Arnautovic 11 goals that's, that's actually crazy though I it know you expected good. him to get more you expected him to get 14 yes but it's but very brilliant. good it's very very good and Bologna have been missing a striker for so long now they've exactly. been having to put up with Musa Barrow up front which doesn't They'd work take 11 goals Santander up front you know it doesn't make any sense man mm-hmm. and this is this they is are good for them. bursts of goals yeah. from Arnautovic he never like gets one and then one and then none and then True. one and then two you know it's always like Two, nothing, nothing, one, nothing, nothing, two. But he's also a striker that's very frustrating to play against, man. He presses you and he runs like an animal, you know what I mean? And he goes for 90 minutes, man. He does, he does, he does. He's a workhorse. He reminds me kind of of Mandzukic, man. Uh I get that, I get that. With with more pace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More pace and kind of more mobile power about him. I think if he's running at you. More unpredictable. Exactly, exactly. Um, Bologna, another thing I have to say, apart from obviously having Arnautovic up front, is their back line, the, that yeah. back three. That you know, I was criticizing Medel a lot in, in the we beginning. I, I think we both yes. were actually, um, but wow! And I think I, I I think it's a bit of in hindsight for us, but as well, I think Medel has improved as the campaign went on as well. Um, but him, Sao Mauro, and Teat works it does it does it does this is against uh, a Sampdoria side that have literally no pace up front so so take that with a pinch of salt but well. with Sabiri there they do have press mm. and you know they they do play it out of the back Bologna with Gary Medel um, mm. and Theat as well likes to play it from Theat, out of the Theat back Theat is, is brilliant um, in fact Theat got caught in possession in the first half um, mm. remember Sabiri exactly. I believe forced uh-huh. them to kick it out for a uh-huh. throw in I think uh-huh. he recovered decently well Theat he's, uh-huh. he's a very very Theat good player Theat is man. incredible and he's very young mm. as well I think he's like what 21 years of age something man. like he's, that he's man. fucking fantastic I love him at a point he could have been easily played in by Sansone and Sansone didn't give it to him and he was so frustrated about it like he was smacking the floor no? fell to the ground and he was slapping the ground he's like come on you fucking dickhead Sansone was a cunt not to pass yeah. the ball over there he he's was 21 asshole. years old yes exactly my god well th- he's the kind of guy I want to highlight from the back line him and Medel um, Sao Mauro has been decent as well but to me it's it's those guys that, that deserve most of the praise yeah Skorupski pulled off a lovely one-on-one save on Caputo. It was another great performance by Skorupski following his performance mm-hmm. against Milan. That's two clean sheets in a row for Bologna and subsequently two clean sheets for him. Yeah. Nice, that's really good, man. Um, is Qualerla being phased out? I guess, I guess. I think, I think it might be happening. Yeah, I, I think so too. Like it's, it's not like they've got a much better option that they're... He is the of type him. of player nowadays that you bring in for 20 minutes. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You know, if if it were like Caputo benching him and not... I don't even know the name of the guy that fucking benched him, dog. I need to look it up. Sabiri. Sabiri, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but Sabiri is, is replacing him. So... You know, it, it might be a sign that, that Qualiarella's time is up and maybe if we still see him in Serie A next year, it'll be with one of the bottom sides, I would say. Or maybe on Sampdoria's bench as a Zlatan role, as Pazzini with Verona in Serie B. Qualiarella likes a move, huh? 
He does like a move, but I feel like nowadays, you know, he might be settled. He might. I I don't know. He might be settled. Yes, you're right. But who knows? Maybe he wants to join mm-hmm. his join his boyhood team, for example, or something for one last kick about. Yeah. And maybe I think start. Naples was Napoli was his boyhood team now. Mm, so probably. I don't, I don't probably. Know. Well, well, maybe one of. Or one maybe of he'll go to America or some shit. That's a move I imagine. Isn't maybe. It? But anyway, maybe. Quarella with a moment of magic. Um, yes, I want to bring up another point about Bologna before we get so much into Sampdoria. Mm-hmm. Um, Orsolini, Soriano, Dominguez and Sansone all make for good subs. Mm-hmm. You know, that that's quite a, a versatile... It is, it is. You have depth. You have depth for sure over there. Dominguez, I think, is great. Soriano, I think, is good. Orsolini is frustrating, but he's good. And Sansone, well... He left a bit of a bad taste in my mouth after the last performance, but... He's greedy, he's, right? Many of these mm. Bologna players can be so greedy, man. Like they Barrow as well. Barrow is... Uh, yeah, yeah, super greedy. Fuck me, he super shoots greedy. from everywhere. Literally, man, literally. Um, to me, for Sampdoria, it just seems like they lack assertiveness against any team in the league. Um, I wouldn't say any team, but I would say most. Well... All the teams, let, let's call it all the teams above them, which is sure. the majority of, sure. of the league. They don't Just enough to stay up, I think they have. Perhaps, perhaps. But it's, it's incredibly disappointing. It's been an incredibly disappointing season for Sampdoria. These teams are lucky. This. Spezia, Empoli and Sampdoria are lucky that Cagliari, Venezia, Genoa and Salernitana sucked so much. Yeah, that's true. Because, because they should be in trouble. Mm-hmm. You know, a team that... Just loses every game they play like Empoli, man. Exactly. They should be fucking free-falling. How are they in 14th, mm-hmm. you know? Spezia got a few wins. So oh, look at you talking shit about Spezia. Kind of Classic. <laughs> Jake talking <laughs> shit about Spezia. Come on, man. The inevitable I, I kind of... I like Spezia. <laughs> Fuck Motta, I like Spezia. You know? <laughs> um, but yes, anyway, my point stands. Um, Sampdoria are one of the lucky ones. The teams below them are shit. Facts. Bologna are in 12th, they're two points off Torino and one ahead of Udinese, but the Bianconeri have a game in hand. Sampdoria 16th, seven points from the drop and four ahead of Cagliari. Jake has been trying to get this lighter to work for so long, man. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> but it's working now. All right? nice. we're, good. we're good to go. Respect. We're back in business. Oh my God, all dark, man. All dark, man. All right. <laughs> me lamp. So, the next game we're going to be talking about is Venezia 1, Udinese 0. The reverse fixture, so Udinese beating Venezia 3-0. Udinese have become a team that can spank. <laughs> yes, yeah, you know, they have. They, have they become, really have, man. They can fucking spank. Fucking man, right. It's fantasy. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. fantasy. They did it under Gotti a few times, and now they're doing it under this guy. Yes, sir. But this yes. fucking guy. This fucking guy. God knows what his name is right now. <laughs> I, honestly, I can't remember his name, the, the Udinese manager. Wasn't it Gotti now? No, Gotti was at the beginning. I know, Gotti, Gotti was. What, what's his name again, man? This guy, he's, he, he speaks funny in press conferences. He does. He's he a does. funny guy. He's a funny guy, exactly. He's a funny we, man. We talked about him before. Bro, go easy. Why are you scrolling so much? G- no. Yes, Choffy. No. Choffy, exactly. Yes. He's the Chuffy. one. He's the one. Exactly. Exactly, Choffy. Well now, done, Choffs. Choffy, doing great. Doing great, Choff. Venezia mm-hmm. We're coming off A 1-0 away Lost to Spezia They're currently On a 6-match Losing streak While Udinese Were coming off A 5-1 home win To Cagliari The last time These guys faced each other Bro at the Penzo Stadium Was on the 16th Of December 2001 Which is 7,420 days ago <laughs> Venezia won That one 2-1 Let's talk about Revenge This was literally <laughs> Revenge 
Udinese played without Nuiting this time. They brought on Mari, Mari sorry, not Marin. Um, Ziegler was out for Perez. Um, Pereira was out due to a suspension. Arslan came on in his stead. Deulefeu came back in, returning from injury, and success was phased out of this one. Yep. Venezia played their 4 3 2 1 formation, preferred over their 4 3 1 2. Caldara, Vaca, Aramu, and Okereka were sidelined for Modolo, Chernigoy, Buzio, and Henri. Last game, Jonsson and Okereka started up front. Now it was Cuisance <laughs> and Jonsson behind Henri. Okay, so in the 35th minute, huh? yes, yes, again, quite a lot of depth, like, is it mm-hmm. good? I don't know, I know everyone is, I know they're decent, like, but mm-hmm. is it good enough to make a good team? I don't think so. Probably not. In the 35th minute, Cuisance stripped De Olefeu, who then converted from the spot, sending the keeper the wrong way. In the 71st minute, Udoji went off injured and was replaced by Ziegler. And in the 86th minute, Thomas Henry volleyed it into the roof of the net after some confusion inside the area. Venezia think they've equalized. They're like, there's hope. Everyone's freaking out. Yes, it's crazy scenes. And then in the 94th minute, Milan's worst nightmare, Rodrigo <laughs> Becao, heads it in from a corner, assist by Samardzic. And they win. And those were crazy scenes for sure. Bacau really enjoyed the moment. You could no, see it. Of like. course, of course, of course. And and Bacau isn't a player that would get that that often, so he's gonna enjoy exactly. it a bit more than exactly. anyone else. Like Exactly. Venezia bro almost managed to pull off a rare point, but failed yet again. Um, relegation talk, baby. Yeah, say I would say I would safely say uh, not safely, but in my opinion, Venezia are going down. They look I down and out they, right now. They have not shown not, us. They have not shown us that they deserve to be yeah. in Serie. Yeah, they haven't. I no longer believe in them, man. No, not even. I thought they could them. beat. This stretch was the telling stretch. They, they had, had Spezia and they had Udinese. Remember us saying, "Oh, it depends. We'll see mm. how they do." This is how they did. Like, yeah, exactly. They, they did badly, exactly. and now they're probably going down. Like, this right? is what happened. Like. They still have hope once again, as we discussed, because Cagliari again stole so much. Yeah. But but then still they, they three teams get relegated. They're still Genoa. Yeah, yeah, they they yeah. need to get the better of both both these guys. And and Genoa don't seem like they're gonna they're gonna budge for Venezia. Exactly. Not. I, I I don't think that'll be the case definitely at all. Not, yeah. But anyway, um, a two match win streak for Udinese with Empoli coming up, bro. Can they make it three? And is this the sign for better things to come? Um, I think they can make it three. For some reason, I get a weird feeling that they won't. Hmm. And I think Empoli might. Get a win or even cause an upset. Ooh, you're I, gonna I, put that in the predictions? I don't know. I'll have a think about it. Um, probably not. Mm-hmm. Probably not. But but I'll I'll think about it. Udinese um, are quite the but force. But they can. They're quite the force to be reckoned with. I always really enjoyed Udinese for some reason as a as a club. I I enjoy mm-hmm. having them in Serie A. Man, yeah. it seems like their teams always bring this firepower. Yeah, they're not as ambitious as they used to be, but they're no. still they're still quite fun. Mm-hmm. Can can Deulefeu bro fit into a top team? Can I, he go back to Milan? Like, I I would say yes. I don't think he'll be the star man of of these teams, and I don't think he'll even start every game. You know what I mean? But yeah. he can definitely be utilized. It's it's just like Napoli managed to utilize Politano. Yeah. For example. Yeah. I would say teams can utilize the level 100%. For sure, the top teams for can sure. Utilize him. And he's played at that level a few years ago. He right? has, and, and, he, and he should have stayed there. Yeah. And he should have stayed there, but he's part of this weird fucking thing. Samardzic, yeah. so bro, is a 20 year old German mm-hmm. who signed from Leipzig in 2021 for 3 million euros. Mm-hmm. He has one goal and two assists this season. 
mm-hmm. next season will he explode is he one of those that you should take on fantasy football I took him in the January Asta because mm. he had a very good average and I looked him up and it showed that you know the the, the guy has some contributions you know, at yeah. the time it was one credit one, one, it's, it's worth exactly the, one, one goal one assist I can pick him up for one credit he was the guy that I took and he was on my bench but I still won like five mm-hmm. or some shit because <laughs> I'm the fucking best um, but yeah I, I, I rate Samaritzic quite quite a bit um, obviously coming from Leipzig they're, they're a very good team they're, yeah. they're well established now a team that um, can produce great talent exactly 3 million we know that Udinese normally work off loans and trades with Watford especially so yeah. them to spend 3 million on someone doesn't come easy he's come in and, and he's, he's shown some good things man I think we will see more of Samaritzic next season yeah, for sure for sure. Um, Venezia, bro, played quite well. They had 53% possession. They took nine shots. Um, Udinese did outshoot them. Mm-hmm. They had 16 shots. That was a tight Overall, I think Udinese might have deserved edging it. You know, Venezia fought and it was heartbreaking seeing them once again. You know, they're mm-hmm. like, oh my God, it's happening again. It's, like, it's painful to say because I think Venezia might have done enough to, to get a draw. For their standards, mm. I don't think they could have done any better. So yeah. it's disappointing seeing them Losing the way they did with a, with a last minute goal, man. Especially when they thought they had it. Like, for sure. It was a fairy tale for them. Venezia sit 19th level with Genoa and three points behind Cagliari with a game in hand. Udinese are 13th, one point behind Bologna with two games in hand, but Bologna have one game in hand as well. Everyone has a fucking game in hand. <laughs> Thank you, COVID. This has been really fun. Hey. <laughs> Saying it every single week, a game in hand against no, Bologna. No, like, a game in hand against Bologna. <laughs> <laughs> but when for COVID, like no games get suspended. Like there's ever, there's barely ever happens. terrible weather exactly, in, in Italy. Exactly. One time that, that fucking, the the bridge collapsed. Remember in, in, in Genoa, I believe there was a bridge that collapsed. Ah, yes. And, and even when a story yes. passed away. I remember, Those yes. games those were Those freak suspended. occurrences. Exactly. exactly. Covid wasn't was such a freak occurrence. It was almost predictable. It's like exactly. this week. Do we get to watch football? Nope, not this <laughs> week. But yeah, guys, the last game I believe that we're covering is Empoli nil, Spezia nil. The reverse fixture was also a draw, but it was one-one. So a bit more exciting. So this was their second meeting in Serie A. In Serie B, they drew one-one four times in their last five. Spezia got that win. In case you guys were wondering. <laughs> Empoli were coming off a 1-0 loss to Fiorentina and haven't won a match in 15 matches. That was in the 12th of December, where they beat Napoli 1-0 away. Spezia were coming off a 1-0 home victory to Venezia. So, inspired, somewhat inspired. Um, Empoli made a couple of changes to their team. They had Luperto, who was uh, suspended, obviously out. Tonelli was out. Kakace was out. Our boy Libby. Libby. Stulak out, Henderson out, and they were replaced by Romagnoli, Viti, Parisi, Aslan, and Bayrami. All pre- pretty much better players. Um, Luperto's the one they'll miss. Exactly. Spezia had Kovalenko out, and he was replaced by Manai. So, for the play-by-play, I mean, there was no real chance that stood out over the, the multiple attempts that, that each side had. It was quite a, quite a scrap over here. 
Um, but both teams at the end of the day were in a position to say thank you, we'll walk away with a point. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I think they'll both take the point and run here. You know, Empoli just want to stay where they are. They want to stay in 14th, they want to stay afloat. Exactly. While Spezia will just take anything that comes their way right now. They're eating off scraps and scraps are enough to survive considering the exactly. inconsistency at the bottom of the table. Exactly. I don't think it was a position where they could have like smelt blood and, and, yeah. and you know, attacked as much as they could. Um, yeah, I said, so it was a high action game, but low quality at yeah, the end of the day. Fact, and you look at Spezia, they completed 69% of their passes. That's quite scrappy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I wouldn't exactly say the, the game was low quality. What I kind of mean by low quality is, I mean, going forward, just mm. both teams kind of struggle to do that Yeah. overall. So all these attempts are like these half attempts, shots from weird angles and stuff. So... Yeah, but it, it was quite an entertaining affair for a nil-nil w- within these teams. True, true. Um, I think we can conclude that, to be honest, bro. I uh, think so. I just want to ask you, who do you think will finish ahead, Spezia or Empoli? Have a look at the table. So, Spezia are 15th, and they're one point behind Empoli and 14th. Oh, they're that close. Mm-hmm. Oh, at this rate, I think Spezia can jump them. I agree with you. I agree with you. I think Spezia can. I at thought Empoli had more leeway, but this makes sense. You know, mm-hmm. they haven't fucking won a game. It does. And look at Udinese. They're two points ahead of them and they have two games in hand. Nice. They can fucking jump Bologna and they can reach they Torino can. potentially. Yeah, they can go to 11th. But like, yeah, potentially. I mean, you know. We'll see. 11th isn't that glamorous. Okay. Spezia are in 15th, one point behind Empoli in 14th. Welcome back to our question segment to ask us a question. You can find us on Twitter or Instagram at Sarah Spotlight. We post a weekly um, post basically saying that we're taking your questions. Okay. So the first question comes from our boy Kurt Sultana. Hey. He asks, who is the MVP of this stage of the season? I asked him, who do you think it is? He said, wasn't I the one who was meant to ask the question? I said, come on, bro, just tell me we believe in democracy over here. He said, he believes the MVP is Vlaovic. Okay. I mean, Vlaovic is good a shout. good shout. Good shout, for sure. Definitely um, a good shout. It's a difficult question, man, to be honest with you. Because um, there are so many fucking options, you know what I mean? I believe there are many options. From from a biased standpoint, I almost want to say Manyan because it was his first season and he he was incredible. That's a fair Manian. shot. Um, it's I, not I, common to choose a goalkeeper in these, no, in these no. questions. But then again, it depends highly on where yeah. Milan finish in the, in the league since their goal yeah. was to win it. I think I agree with Kurt to say Vlaovic because... He was insane, insane at Fiorentina in the first six months. Yeah. He moved to Juve and has been doing good at Juve. And he's settling in and he's a young guy. He's this new kid on the block and he's well-established. He can, play, he can start for any yeah. team in Europe, I would tell you. Up, up front. I would say that the MVP is Brozovic. Okay, because, fair enough. Because Inter are leading a title charge right now. Mm. Okay, leading. Okay, they have mm-hmm. a game in hand against Bologna. They, they'll probably go first. Like, mm. and Brozovic is the heart and soul of that team. True. You know, he's the metronome completely. True. No, no, you're you're not. No, true. Brozovic, no party for that. It's you know true. what I mean? It's just not not a glamorous choice. It's you not. Know, you know yeah. what I mean? It's not a high yeah. scoring choice. That's exactly. It. But but I I agree with you. Brozovic has been key. You know, one of the most key players this season, one hundred percent. For sure. Our next 
observation, okay. not question, comes from mm-hmm. our boy Steve Colera. Mm-hmm. Shana, Steve, you can check him out hey, on the Juve special. He was great. Mm-hmm. Okay, him and Carl. Him and Carl. He said, good evening. <laughs> <laughs> I take back everything I said about Villarreal being a worse team than Juve. Fair enough. Good man. It's true. It's true. In the cup competition, Emery's a different animal. You know, they've made some some smart moves, Villarreal, and they have a decent team right now, a team of fighters, a team of Mm -hmm. believers, a team that if you give them half a chance, they'll take it. You know, Bayern Munich, fucking, we're all over them. You know, Villarreal made many mistakes, as Emery said. Mm -hmm. Emery said they made one mistake and we made them pay, and that's exactly Exactly. what they did. And it's similar to the Juve game as well. Villarreal are looking good. They're looking very fucking good in Europe, man. And I'm interested in putting a little bet on them winning the fucking thing. Ooh, how much? I don't know. Depends on depends on the odds, but I'm thinking in the fifty region. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Just as a that that is if the bank give me my money back, which they randomly <laughs> they randomly took everything. <laughs> Shout out BOV. <laughs> It's either that or I'm getting like hacked or some shit, but we'll wait to find did out. Did you click one of those crypto ads? I did not, bro. I'm, I'm very careful and I was going to say intelligent, but, but I don't want to, <laughs> you know. You're dumb. Um, <laughs> Villarreal, bro, odds to win the Champions League, 21. Oi, oi, 21, oi, oi, oi. dude. Now, there's the accumulator bonus and everything, and I don't know how to calculate that. But if I put 50 and I win, I make... 1k that's <laughs> that's crazy like you're gonna do 50 it 50 euro well 100 percent you'd probably lose 50 euro though in reality or do you want to put 25 each and do benefit from the bonus or if anything we'll put 50 each <laughs> <laughs> How but, but the thing is like normally the smart thing to do would be to wait and see if they're going to be any better. But now if they win their next game, the odds are going to fucking go down. Exactly. That's so the thing. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, if we put 100, we get 2.1k. What is 100? Yeah, and, oh my God, and if we... W- no, that happens after the Venezia Cagliari game, of course. I was going to say, <laughs> with the money, we go to Venezia Cagliari. <laughs> but my anyway. God, 2.1k. Yeah. Just we'll slip see. A, slip a and this on. is what gambling looks like. <laughs> a disgusting addiction. Two young men... Drinking alcohol and gambling their money away. Such a waste of potential. <laughs> but thank you for tuning in for this episode of Serie A Spotlight. We will see you again next week. Love you all. Goodbye. <laughs>